You're listening to Deep Cuts with Antoine Reed, episode 57, with special guests Peter Gross, Janelle, and Leroy Lamar from ATL Cigar Company. Thank you guys for coming on. Today we have on Peter and Janelle from ATL Cigar Company. It's a slightly newer brand. They've been around for a bit now, so I don't know if they can call themselves new, but it's a, a newer brand um, on the market, and I think they're doing some cool things. So I just wanted to uh, us to all get together today and kind of chat. Well, thanks for having us back on. Um, yeah, we definitely appreciate the redo. <laughs> <laughs> So if you all just want to introduce yourselves, just tell people, you know, who you are and what kind of role you have in ATL Cigar Company. I think that would be a good place to start. Hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Janelle Lamar. I'm the director of marketing. Um, I'm actually also the wife of Leroy Lamar, who's our president, who is not here today. He got caught up at a shop uh, with one of our retailers. Um, but as director of marketing, I am responsible for social media events. I kind of pick up a lot of other things behind the scenes um some financial things some technology things a little bit of everything uh so you know you know how that goes and i'm peter i'm head of products and um i'm not married to either janelle or leroy lamar um <laughs> well i kind of am now actually you are you're like my yeah, other work husband like leroy it's gonna, gonna get weird real quick so let's just move on shall we <laughs> uh, so, uh yeah so I'm, I'm head of products uh i am responsible for um, identifying, you know, the partners we're going to work with, working on blends so we can figure out, you know, what the Atlanta market really needs that it doesn't have. And, uh, and really just ensuring that ATL Cigar Co. products live up to the to the name on the band because you, you can't put ATL on a cigar and it kind of come halfway. So we feel a lot of pressure from our city, but it also is a great opportunity to, to provide the city uh, and, you know, our other retail partners outside of Atlanta with cigars that are, you know, are fresh and different because um, we have a unique perspective uh, and also the highest quality. So I get, I think a good question to ask, especially in these days and times with uh, the FDA and regulations is why would you want to start a cigar brand right now? And I'm sure you've gotten that question a lot. Yeah. You know, I think it is a time of change. You know, the FDA has been looking at these, these questions for a really long time. And we think they're going to continue to look look, you know, at, at the questions. I think the PCA and CRA and, and others are doing a great job of advocating for premium cigar makers. You know, this is not an industry that appeals to children. This is not a product that children are smoking or, or want to smoke. You can't bring this down the halls of a of a high school. Um, and so, you know, we we think that that's going to end up in in the industry's favor. Uh, obviously, we we support what you know uh, our our trade associations are doing 100. percent So. I think for us, we thought, you know, let's not make a decision based on, you know, a regulatory cloud. Let's make it instead on the basis of, you know, the world's greatest cigar city and the fact that, you know, we, we thought they needed a great cigar. Uh, and so we, we decided to move that way and, and let the city carry us uh, until, you know, the FDA's regulations finally come down at some kind of permanent place where we can then all navigate to the future that, you know, that's in store for us. And do you have anything to add to that story, Janelle? No, good answer, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to light my cigar here. 
Yeah, and I guess that's always a question people want to know. So, I, and we'll get back into the, uh, you know, different lines that ATL has to offer. But tell us what you're smoking today, and in, in your case, Peter, also what you're drinking. <laughs> I am smoking our third line that we came out with. It's the ATL Libertad, um, and uh, it's our more medium to full-bodied Nicaraguan puro. Um, I'm drinking some ginger ale to go along with it. Hardcore. Um, yeah, no, hardcore. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm smoking our ATL Magic, which is not out yet. It comes out on October 16th. It's produced at Ace Prime, Tabacalera, Pichardo, and Esteli, uh, blended in partnership with Luciana Maria Morelis. Um, and I am oscillating between coffee uh, and a rum concoction that my wife brought me um, just to kind of see what happens to the cigar with, with very different um, kind of antecedents beverage wise. Uh, and yeah, it does bring out different flavors when you, when you shake things up, I think to get into some of the deep water a little bit, Antoine, I think that one of the things we like to recommend our customers do is to smoke two cigars at the same time uh, to see, especially if you have a, a cigar that's, that's high on salivation level, if you have a cigar that's high on salivation, it's going to cleanse your palate to go back to the other cigar. So light up cigar A, put it down, light up cigar B, and then go back to cigar A. Try two drinks. You know, Try to kind of compare things because you will find that different uh, pairings, um, food as well, obviously, bring different flavors out in, 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 in great cigars. Not not bad cigars, but great cigars You know, will we'll find different flavors based on what you pair with them. Yeah, I actually uh, was at a wedding last weekend and I uh, had the magic, our ATO magic with us. I had one stick, so I was showing people like, this, this is coming down the pipe. Um, but I actually had a, uh, a cab, a, a red wine, and it was, it was really interesting. I wasn't really paying attention to the cigar or the wine because I was just kind of in conversation with people. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like I kind of noticed like that my wine was like like enhanced, and I was like, "Oh, this is, I love this red wine with with a cigar." It was uh, it was really interesting how it just kind of took me away for a second. I was doing a, a tasting event with Casada a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about uh, different ways to kind of clean your palate in between different cigars. So I'm just curious, maybe this is one of those deep cuts moments, but. You know, how do you all like to clean your your palate during these uh, different? Uh, when you say smoke the two cigars, obviously they might not be the same blend, so they might you know you don't want people to get that weird taste in their mouth. So how would you suggest, or how do you like just cl um, cleaning out your palate? I'm a sparkling water guy, so I'm whenever I'm doing like proper tasting of of individual fumas or different blends or new samples or whatever. It's sparkling water for me. Yeah, one of the uh, things that I found was really interesting. Um, I like coconut water. And so I actually, when I'm smoking a cigar for the first time and I just kind of want to enjoy and experience just the cigar, I found I find that coconut water is, is uh, cleansing and it kind of helps me reset. Wow. I know somebody on the, the Casada tasting thing had said the uh, Tomato juice. That was their favorite oh. palate cleansing. So it was something completely different. Interesting. I don't know, <laughs> you know, I don't know if, if that, uh, you know, works, but. Acid, right? Like, like whatever, whatever you're going to use that's acidic is going to mm -hmm. help you out. So 
let's talk about Atlanta because obviously that plays a big role in your cigar. And I think for people who haven't been to Atlanta, it has a humongous cigar culture. And I know that it, I think a couple of weeks ago, you all just had Atlanta cigar week, uh, going on. So, you know, just talk about what it's like in Atlanta, what the cigar culture is, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we just did, uh, like you said, Antoine, we just came out of um, Atlanta Cigar Week, and then the following week was the Atlanta Cigar Experience. And so you have, you know, scores and hundreds of people coming in from all over the country into Atlanta. Um, Atlanta is the number one cigar city in terms of, you know, consumption and the number of, like, retailer lounges and shops in the city. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's really interesting. I think when we started, I don't know that we knew the exact numbers, um, but we knew that Atlanta was influential in cigar culture. Um, and so we, you know, we just want to continue to be a part of that. Yeah. So there were like 17 nights straight, Antoine, of, uh, of events in Atlanta around cigars and days. So wow. it's fucking exhausting uh, for those in the industry. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that it just sort of cements Atlanta's place as a destination for cigars. Um, it's not just the weeks, you know, the, the cigar weeks and the cigar experience, cigar Mike, but, you know, there are uh, 10 to 15 ladies smoke nights per week somewhere in the city. There are, you know, I, I was at a, uh, I was in an event at a Sere lounge in West Atlanta with Desiree from Jump Chicken three or four months back. And, you know, it was a couple hundred people, it was packed, it was, you know, midnight. She was like, it's amazing that Atlanta has stuff like this. Like, you know, just to come to a place that's a cigar bar that's, that's like lit like this is amazing. I said, Desiree, there's 30 places like that right now that feel just like this. It's just, there's nowhere else that, that, that parties like Atlanta does, especially around cigars. I mean, people know us for other kind of parties too, and it just carries over into the cigar culture. And I think that what it does is it just elevates the connection, the community, you know, you see the different people all around the city in different places. Um, and, you know, it's just a family. Yeah. And there's such a broad spectrum of experiences, right? So you can have like the small mom and pop, um, you know, small lounge where it kind of feels like your living room. It kind of feels like a little bit of, of Cuba, you know, all the way up to like, you know, the multi-million dollar, you know, fancy lounges, you know, fellowship, Cam Newton spot, um, you know, so there's like this huge range. And so you, and you can find, you can find your spot, you know, you, there's so many, uh, lounges and stores and retailers here that this is this is someone's spot like my spot is montana cigars or my spot is havana or you know there's 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 a spot for everyone there's a place for everyone there's a vibe and it's it's just amazing to see the the, the plethora and the the range of different experiences and environments do either you have a favorite atlanta kind of cigar spot or is it kind of like choosing your, retailers? I was about to say, or is it like choosing your your favorite child's a Sophie's Choice moment? Correct. My favorite <laughs> spot is my porch, where I am right now. <laughs> how did you all meet? Because I know how you all met, but for those who are going to be watching this in playback mode, uh, you know, kind of tell us that story of how you you three, because I know you're missing a partner right now, but how you three kind of came together. So I'll start it off, and Peter, you can kind of jump in. Um, so Lyra and I, we've been married for 20 years. Um, Lyra is originally from Atlanta, you know, grew up, went to Tucker High, 
um, you know, born and raised in Decatur. Um, he's an Atlanta boy, you know, true and true. And um, we met in college. And so at the ripe young age of 23, he and I got married. I moved to Atlanta and called Atlanta home. And um, around 2004, we decided to move into this neighborhood that we're currently in. We've been here in Southwest Atlanta in Capitol View for 17 years. And, um, and right across the street from us is where we actually met Peter and his wife, Jessica, for the first time. They were actually um, just on their way out of moving out of that house into another house into the, in the mid. Um, and so, you know, for the past 15, 16, 17 years, it's been porch visits, dinners, conversation after conversation, primarily between Leroy and Peter in terms of philosophy, theology, you know, over craft beers, scotch, whiskey, cigars, all of that amazing amazingness yeah you know i think the other element i would add is that leroy and i uh and my wife jessica as well we we just come out of seminary so we were we were not going to be uh pastors and the church should be glad that we're not pastors <laughs> but we we cared a lot about what we're going to do after that after that experience and so we moved in to the swats all four of us because we we wanted to be intentional about where we lived and to try to make a difference in a, in a part of the city that just kind of didn't get enough attention at the time. And it's, it's, you know, come a long way since then, but it's still got a long way to go. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's a place with a lot of depth and a lot of soul in Atlanta. Um, but you know, the, the public attention it gets is often in the form of law enforcement. And so, you know, we had a lot of stuff happening in that, in that neighborhood. Um, and one of the things Leroy and Janelle and I did was to start a, a thing called prayer and hot dogs, which was, uh, across the street from a trap house, um, just up the street from, from where we lived, we just went over there on Sunday nights and, and set up a table and cooked hot dogs and gave them away till they were gone. And in the first few weeks, they thought we were the cops. Uh, and then after like three or four weeks, the trap house just kind of shut down and they emptied out and, come, and, and came and, hang, and hung out with us. And even like the doughboys were like, hey man, I appreciate what y'all doing, man. I'm just like, dude, we're here for you. You know, like, what are you talking about? But it, it, it became this community where we got, you know, gentrifiers, you know, yuppies, church, you know, church ladies, trap queens, you know, all at the same team, all, all at the same table, all in the same place and interacting. And, you know, out of that, uh, Leroy developed a real passion for uh, people involved in, you know, some of the, you know, some of the, you know, life in the shadows of that, of that neighborhood or of that kind of, of that community. So he started a nonprofit 15 years ago, now called Comprehensive Community Services, that works with people um, involved on the street that like no one else wants to work with. Uh, you know, this is, this is sex work. This is, you know, vulnerable work. These are vulnerable, vulnerable populations. You know, that's what Leroy's done for 15 years. And it kind of started out of the four of our passion for the neighborhood. And so, you know, I think that for us, it was always about purpose and soul and kind of what, what really matters at the end of the day. And, and this business is really just an extension of that. I think we we want to, step into a moment where our city and our nation are fractured and, and show that a white guy, a Filipino woman, a black guy can like, you know, have this real deep abiding, you know, love for one another that we can hopefully extend out to the rest of our city and the rest of our country. Um, I know that sounds ambitious, but, but we are ambitious because we think that, that, you know, the, the city needs healing and uh, we want to be a part of that. 
So when the idea for to start your own cigar brand came about, what was that discussion like? Because again, I always think people are in love with this idea of having their own cigar brand. And then when you get into the nitty gritty of like, okay, now how do we actually make this happen? It's a completely different ball game. So how did you all go from like, wow, this might be a cool idea to like actually making it happen? Yeah, so I, I've smoked about 10,000 cigars in 50 countries um, over over 20 plus years. And it's, it's kind of just always been what I do. And Leroy and I would smoke together a lot as well. And, you know, Janelle picked up the, the habit uh, a little bit later, maybe seven, eight years ago, uh, where she was smoking frequently. And, and around that point, we just started kind of rolling our own product. So we would get, you know, whole leaf um, and just kind of blend Ometepe with Esteli, with Jalapa, you know, two Lijero in this blend, three Lijero in that blend, you know, uh, add, add a little bit of Seco from this region or a little bit of Easter from that region. And, you know, the first few batches of cigars we did just weren't terrible. I thought they would be awful. And they weren't bad. And we said, huh, you know, I wonder – I wonder if we can kind of figure this out because you know what you're told from the outside as a, as a as a consumer is you know this is a very mysterious old world process that happens in dark rooms with you know uh with with guys who, who have to have cuban nationality to get a license to roll cigars you know and and yes there there is a lot of important work that goes into you know from seed to smoke right it's 300 hands it's a thousand days it's it is work and it's very important that you get every single thing right to keep, to get the quality that, that, you know, this cigar has. But at the same time, this is a weed that you plant in the ground, right? You prime it, you cut it up, you hang it in a barn, you put it in some pilones, transition to some burrows, figure out how, how much fermentation you want, roll it up and light it on fire. You know, and so at the end of the day, I think that, you know, figuring that out and, and saying, I think we can, I think we can make decent cigars. Um, was a little bit of, you know, uh, I don't know. It may, again, it sounds like it's overconfident, but I think we just dove into the learning process and really didn't get excited about a brand until we thought, you know, I think we get this. I think we get every single stage of the process and, and could try to make it work. And, and to be honest with you, this is where, you know, Janelle can certainly add more. You know, the marketing is, is, is incredible. You know, the marketing is huge. If we do Antoine, Peter, and Janelle cigars, like, good luck, right? Um but but it, but we could, we try to tap into the soul of this city and the in the kind of heartbeat of the city, and the city's rewarded us for that. Yeah, I mean, you know, when when the conversations on the front porch between Peter, Lira, and myself went from oh, wouldn't this be fun to like, hey, let's crunch some numbers, let's let's see what it looks like to you know, bring this in and, you know, what's it, what's it going to cost for, you know, this label and, and kind of all those nitty gritty business, you know, all those fun business things that <laughs> you have to do. Um, it's, I, I think what's, I think what's great is that there's three of us, right? That we, we work together. We each have different strengths um, that help carry um, us three together and the company and the brand together. Um, you know, it's, it's not perfect, but, you know, I think because of the established relationship that we have with Peter, um, I think, I think that has a lot to do with, you know, how we've been able to push forward so quickly. Um, when we, when we first started, I remember the conversation and I have, I don't have the greatest memory. <laughs> But I do remember having the conversation about 
hey, if we do this, we have to remember that our relationship comes first. You know, our, if at any point we feel like something is going to happen to cause the, the end of our friendship or the end of our marriage, like, then we're not in the right spot. Right. We're not we're not doing it right. We've, we've strayed from the purpose of of this. And part of that purpose is that idea of community. It is that idea of relationship. And because that's the kind of relationship that we have with each other to begin with, we want to be able to make sure that idea is infused in our brand with everything that we do. Um, it's not just like this idea of like, hey, let's let's put ATL on the stick and make a bunch of money. It's, it really is about community. And I think because we focus on that um, internally, um, we try our best to make sure that it, it comes out externally through the brand um, and, and the things that we do. That's something I want to add in, Twan, real quick before we go to your next question is, you know, I don't know of another, so we launched end of January. Um, we've sold about 30,000 cigars so far. We're in about 60 shops. I don't, I don't know of another newer brand that has three members pushing as hard as we three are. There's a lot of guys doing it kind of on their own or with maybe a, a partner who's kind of not really all in. All three of us are all into this. And I think that makes a huge difference for how much we can move, how much we can do on products, marketing, operations, finance, you know, sales, all of it. Uh, there's no way that one of us could pull this off. So, you know, it's really important. And I think that we've learned a lot about our complementary skill sets in this process. And I think we've learned that we have like kind of a perfect mix in a way of, of the three of us. And so, you know, to Janelle's point, this business has brought our friendship, has made our friendship stronger, brought us a lot closer together and it's not done the, done the opposite. You know, you don't have easy days every day, but when you, you have tough conversations, you know, you, you, you have human conversations after that and you apologize when you need to, and you, you, you know, you just, you, you try to be you try to be real, and so I think that, that 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 way of working is a big part of our success. And I think that's an important thing to talk about is you know finding that balance, like you were talking about, Janelle, between the business and the friendship. Because I think so many people, when you go into business for your for yourself, the the first thing you think about is like, who can I like wrap into this idea with me? And you want to go to your friends, but then you find that that line. Is easily crossed <laughs> and you can easily get I think annoyed um, you know with the with the business version of your friend and so how do you kind of like like I said manage all of that and just not drive yourself crazy and just and like you said and maintain that friendship without having an argument and saying like I'm not gonna talk to this person for another like five days now or I'm just gonna separate myself from this person and how do you manage that well, you know, when we, this wasn't an overnight situation, you know, there, we, we talked about this for years before we even, you know, applied for the license. In fact, it was Peter, the one that, that kind of helped us pull the trigger. All of a sudden he's like, Hey guys, applied for the license. We were like, Oh shit. Okay. Um, but you know, we, we had been talking about it. So the idea the, the principles behind, you know, why we wanted to be in business and, and the constant conversations about making sure that, you know, you know, of course, you know, in the beginning stages, you don't know what it's going to look like, right. You don't know what it's going to feel like to have those internal 
conflicts and like, oh gosh, like Leroy made this decision or Leroy wants to do this or Peter wants to do this. And I'm like, I don't know if I agree. Um, I think because of the level of relationship that we have, we are able to, you know, we, we've just committed to each other that we would be honest and that we would be, that we would be um, honest with each other, honest with ourselves. Like Peter said, I think, you know, for me, I, I mean, I could probably say this for all three of us, but, you know, speaking for myself, I know that I personally have grown a lot. Um, and a lot of it has to do with, you know, the, the pushing that Peter and Leroy, you know, do for me, like, Hey, like, get me, help me get out, out of my comfort zone. And so, you know, there's a lot of positive things behind it, but, you know, I guess going back to your question, just the idea of just committing to be honest and, and to be, to be real. And, and when I do feel like I need a break, then, then yeah, I'll just kind of take a break. But, you know, I, we've never gotten to that point where I'm like, I want to take a permanent break from, from Leroy, a permanent break from Peter. Like, I think, you know, we're all human, right? We all have, we, we have our own personalities and, you know, like we talked about before, we have our own different strengths and we play, you know, uh, we use those to our advantage as, as best as we, we can. The only thing I'll add to that is that we have a rule in our, in our team that all three of us have to love something for the idea to move forward. And I think that possibly has led us to avoid some good ideas, but it's ensured that all the, all the things we do pursue are great ideas. And, you know, that's uh, something that I, I didn't appreciate before we we started this is just how how much that kind of standard would would set a bar of excellence for us and I, I think we've been able to maintain that. And to go off of something that Danielle had also mentioned, um, figuring out your why, like how important was that when you figured out like why you're in business, like how important was that to like actually getting things done? Well, yeah, none of us cares about money. And I think that really matters a lot. Like we will probably make money at this business. Um, it feels great, but none of us cares about that. Um, and so, you know, one of the principles that we have is that every, uh, a percentage of our profits will always go to local nonprofits um, because we, we really care about building up the city and care about a brand for the city that, that, that gives back. Um, that's very much at the heart of, of who we are. So I think our, our why is, um, is clearer than most, right? It's not just a cigar. It's it's also community. In fact, we 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 talk about it straight up on our website that you know it's more it's more than just about great cigars. It's also about building this togetherness that we feel like we're lacking as a city and a nation. And and that's a pretty easy thing to get out of bed in, in the morning and, and do on a day to day basis. Yeah, and and to kind of piggyback on that um, that idea of like Atlanta, um, you know, when when we can, when we make sense, we when it makes sense, we definitely try to support other Atlanta businesses and people in Atlanta. I mean, you know, some of our, you know, our most recent marketing um, efforts, you know, we, we work with the Cork Bros and they're out of Atlanta and, you know, we have, um, uh, we do a lot of our printing with an Atlanta based printing company. Um, so there's a lot of other behind the scenes things that we do to try to make sure that we support uh, small businesses in Atlanta, um, minority-owned, women-owned businesses. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of like small intentional things that we try to do to kind of bring them all together. And and again, it kind of goes back to that the ATL. It comes back to Atlanta, and we want to be able to do what we can in, in different ways to support the city. So I get the sense that community is a big part of 
ATL Cigar Company and everything that you all are doing. Yeah, definitely. When it comes to you created your cigars, how did you find the manufacturing partners? Because I feel like that's something that a lot of people are willing to talk about, but then they kind of skirt around it in a weird kind of way. Like I know I asked somebody that question a couple weeks ago and they were like, well, I don't want to tell who I'm working with because I don't want everybody to start going and working with them. I was like, but how do you know they're not already working? <laughs> people are already working with, with that one person. So how did you find the, the, you know, the right manufacturing partners for you all? Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not sure why that's a thing. I don't know why people hide that. It, it, I, I think the only reason that they might hide it is because they don't want to tell because it's, you know, I think a lot of people are going to going down and buying three or 4,000 cigars from some guy in Orlando or Tampa or Miami and putting labels on. And I think that's not helpful to the industry. Uh, you know, we didn't do that. We went to um, Aganorsa uh, kind of first to see if they would work with us. And when they said yes, we knew we would have something, something great because Aganorsa with Illusione and Warped and Foundation and, you know, Guardian of the Farm and, and, you know, JFR and HVC, like, phenomenal cigars. And, and so we knew that by working with them and doing something unique with them, that we would have a chance to really put out a cigar that our city could be proud of because Aganorsa, you know, they brought on Terrence Riley in the last three or four years, and he's done an, an amazing job of building up that brand. But before that, people didn't really know, I think as much that Aganorsa, uh, you know, sells like 80% of their leaf to everybody else, to Padron, to Drew Estate, to you know, Placencia, to all kinds of folks um, because their leaf is phenomenal. And so, Starting with Aganorsa was a big, big issue for us. Um, we then filled out our portfolio, um, worked with a small manufacturer in Esteli called Tabacalera Hernandez, um, and then a, a third manufacturer in New York called uh, Martinez Cigars. And so, you know, it, it is hard finding uh, good manufacturers that will work with you and, and do the things you want. But we set the standards early on that we want well-fermented tobacco. Um, you know, we... A lot, of, a lot of people think you can go to a maker and say, hey, I want more cocoa in this blend or I want more cream in this blend. You, you can't really do that. Um, what you can do is say, all right, I, I really love, you know, Ometepe Lijero and I want to work I want to work on a blend built around that. Um, you know, I, I want to try, you know, an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper and then I want to train that out for a Sumatra wrapper and see what happens. And so you can do that and kind of see what what works. Um, and, you know, manufacturers will, will work with you if they feel like you've got credibility and, and commitment. Recently, we've been very pleased to establish a relationship with Luciano Morales and, and Tabacalera Pichardo, Ace Prime and SLE. Uh, he did the Mildias. Uh, he did uh, the Juarez. He did, you know, a lot of the crown head stuff. And, you know, when he said yes to work with us, it was a, it was a big deal because we knew that his commitment to quality was uh, really without, without peer and without, you know, any kind of question. Um, and so he, he agreed uh, and we're doing the, uh, the ATL magic with him. Um, and so that's been a big part of it for us too, is just like taking the time to get these relationships right, demonstrating our commitment to those relationships and really fostering the relationship itself because these guys can make cigars for anybody. And and so to, to do them with you, you have to give them a reason why. And it's beyond just the check or the, the number of cigars you're going to order or whatever. They want to see your marketing plan. They want to see, uh, you know, your, your, your distribution through stores. They want to see, you know, what's your vision for this? Where are you taking it? Because they don't want to jump on and just fill a 10,000 cigar order. They want to understand where those next 10,000 or hundred thousand cigars are going to go and, and whether that's going to help them as a manufacturer or not. And I think that that's something that a lot of 
brands maybe don't take the time to do, um, in my experience. Uh, they'll find one guy in Santiago who makes cigars for them, and ah, cigars are okay, you know, and, and, and that's basically that. Um, we, we took more time, and I think COVID helped us because the industry was, at least kind of early 2020, the industry was a little bit down. People didn't know what quite was going to happen. We didn't know we were in the middle of a huge cigar boom at the time. And so everyone was kind of just waiting it out. And that allowed us to go to Miami and meet everybody. Um, and, and we said no to a lot of great makers, um, people that we we respect very, very much. But we said no because the blends that we created with them just weren't perfect. And, and so that meant that we only went to market with you know the ATL Black, the ATL Good Trouble, and the, and the Libertad, which we really, really loved and felt that our city needed. And the magic was held to that standard as well. Are you like I want? I don't want to say afraid, but are you all like cautiously kind of watching for the boom, this like little unexpected mini boom to kind of burst? So I don't think so. You know, we're a growing brand, and I think we have a lot of runway in front of us. Um, we are establishing a subsidiary uh, to be able to fulfill orders outside of the state of Georgia um, uh, at a kind of more favorable tax regime, let's say. Uh, before we kind of go national in 2022. Um, but we'll, we have a long runway in, in front of us. I think that the one trend that, that worries me, actually, Antoine, is that, and I heard this in SLE about five, six weeks ago, is that a lot of makers are taking shortcuts because of the demand. And so the demand is so high that they're thinking, ah, let's just ferment this three or four months shorter. Let's take that tobacco now and put it in. You know, it's, it's a blend people already love. Ah, they'll be fine. I think it's going to hurt the industry in the long run if people take shortcuts. You know, we're not we're not willing to do that. And so we'll keep our quality high. And I think that's going to work in our favor to ensure that, you know, what we put out as we go national in 2022 is is going to is going to tell the right story. I don't know, Janelle, if you want to add to that. No, I think you pretty much hit it all there, Peter. One of the things I've, I've noticed is, you know, you have more brands when they release. It used to be like when they released a new cigar they would automatically tell you everything that was in that cigar in terms of tobacco. And now you're seeing more and more people kind of try to make it like, uh, not, I don't want to say a secret, but they say undisclosed, undisclosed, undisclosed. Now, do you think that's because of the boom and maybe them anticipating needing to switch to different tobaccos, you know, when that runs short or what, what do you think is causing that trend? That's certainly one of the reasons. Um, you know, for us, we, we don't shy away from that. We're happy to tell people what's in our, our wrapper, binder, filler. Um, you know, again, if you want to copy my cigar straight up, like, okay, I guess, like, I'm bored by that. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. Because um, if I respect someone's cigar, I just want to have that cigar. I don't want to make that cigar. Um, you know, and, and so I, I'm not sure what that, what that trend's about. I, I think that every brand has its own choices. Um, our choice is to disclose what's in our cigar and where it's made. Because we feel like as a new brand, we've got to establish credibility and let you know that we're not just going to buy from some back alley in Orlando. Um, and so we that's why we disclose where we make and, and what's in our cigar. And I know another trend that we talked about during the Instagram Live uh, a couple months ago um, is that finally, and I know Janelle spoke about this on the Instagram Live, it seems like the industry's like, oh yeah, women do like to smoke cigars or our community is more diverse than we thought. So, I mean, have you noticed that finally it just seems to be the accepted norm rather than like the unicorn in the industry, like, oh, women smoke cigars? 
Yeah, I, I definitely think so, especially here in Atlanta where, um, you know, the, the number of cigar smokers are just kind of through the roof. You know, I mean, like Peter was saying earlier, there, there are, you can go to, you know, a dozen lounges on a Friday night where they're having like Sister of the Leaf events. Um, and, you know, as I continue to follow different people and kind of see things through social media, I, I do see that, um, you know, there are an increasing number of women who just aren't just a pretty face. It's not, they're just not, it's not just a sex symbol for them, you know. Um, I mean, that's out there, but that's, I don't know, that's, that's women, I guess, <laughs> you know. Um, it's men, honey. It's men, trust me. <laughs> men, yes, that. Um, but yes, it is, it is good to see that, um, you know, the, the respect level for women uh, in the industry, knowledgeable women, um, women who are continuing to, you know, refine their palate, refine their knowledge, um, and continuing to learn about the industry. Um, and, and I guess just that idea of like, it, it's not that, uni you know, we're not unicorns. Um, you know, I can be just as knowledgeable as you about, about fermentation and about, you know, the, the different growing regions and uh, there he is. I'm here. I'm here. I made it. I made it. <laughs> this is our president, Leroy. How we doing, everybody? How we doing? Hi, Leroy. How are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. Leroy, we're talking about, uh, about you know, women in the industry and minority-owned minority businesses. And so uh, I think we'll, we'll have plenty to discuss now that you're here. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry to be late joining. Uh, got caught up so i'm glad to be here with you with everyone no thank you for joining us I'm absolutely like, i was excited to have you all back because i was so upset that our first interview didn't you know Man. go well for whatever reason and i same, was like same i know and i was just like i was like instagram live i was like and then i was <laughs> taking a break from it from the last couple of weeks and i said you know or last couple of months really and i said you know what i was like when i bring back deep cuts when i've been working on this new setup and everything i said i wanted to get everybody back and i want to i was like and i think i want to start off with atl because i felt Yay. like we talked about such great stuff and i could hear you all but like other people couldn't so I, i'm well, glad i, I appreciate you bringing us back I, I really do thank you so much yeah well thank you like leroy if you i know Peter and Janelle have uh, introduced themselves, but if you want to introduce yourself to those who are just um, tuning in, you can certainly yeah, do so. Real, real quickly, I'm um, you know Leroy Lamar, president of ATL Cigar Co. Um, you know, co-founder, all those wonderful things, um, and just so proud to be a part of a an awesome team of uh, of folks, uh, Janelle um, and Peter, who are deeply committed to the process of creating amazing cigars, but also uh, very much um, committed to, to people, to persons, to individuals and communities, uh, particularly our own here in Atlanta. So uh, I feel extremely uh, fortunate and lucky and blessed to have two remarkable teammates with me that, um, that are as committed to the cigar as they are the community. So yeah, that's that's it in a nutshell. I don't know what they said. They probably talked about family and kids and 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 you know I don't know what I don't know what Peter said. Good Lord. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so yeah, that's me in a nutshell. So, and this is a question for anybody who can start uh, with the response. But what has your experience been so far as being kind of 
newbies in the industry. Uh, I don't really consider you all to be newbies now because it's been over a year. So you're kind of veterans now. I, I feel like in the cigar industry, if you can last a year, uh, you're pretty much a veteran. <laughs> so what has your experience been like? Just like working with the retailers and working with other manufacturers and dealing with the consumers now and trying to get you know, some traction for all these different lines that you have. We've, we've been, we've been very fortunate and very blessed at the response that people have, have, um, given us, uh, you know, here in Atlanta, the retailers, you know, working with our manufacturers. I mean, we've, the support that we've gotten has just been, has just been really great. Um, pleasantly surprising. Um, you know, I've, I've never worked in the cigar industry, so I have, you know, I didn't know what to expect, but you know, it's, it's been great. People, people have really jumped on board with us and it's, I don't know, it's great. You know, I think, yeah. I think one of the things I want to, I want to kind of tee up for Leroy is, is kind of answering that question as well as going back to what, one of the things you talked about before Antoine. So, you know, the power of the black smoker in America is a story that has been a big part of the industry in the last three or four years. And we've had a number of large distributors, mostly online, reach out and say, what do we do about this? Because you know, uh, black smokers, black female smokers are, are showing up to our events. We don't know. We don't know what to do. Um, and, and I think that you know, for us, uh, it is important to capture, you know, the the story of, of of our community in Atlanta, and to kind of represent, you know, the diversity in our in our brand through our our customer base, and really demonstrate that we don't need to be separate anymore. We can be. We can be together and do this thing together, and um, I think that that has has turned some heads and gotten people to ask some questions. I also think that we're trying to be a part of telling the story that um, you know a black-owned cigar, which which we are, um, you know, can just be a cigar. You know, can just be a great cigar. Um, and you know, I think that that that's kind of the next the next level for all of us, because the the reality is is that three or four years ago. If, uh, if Leroy goes down to, to Esteli to get manufacturers to work with them, it's maybe not the greatest experience. And we've heard that from a number of owners of black-owned brands. And that's unfortunate. We're trying to, we're trying to be part of changing that narrative. Uh, and, and I think hopefully the market itself is going to lead the industry in that direction. But we'd like to kind of lead them there for the right reasons as well, not just the market size. I know, Leroy, if you want to pick up on that. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it's, it's amazing um, how... People think market forces are enough to change narratives, um, and there and, and unfortunately, that's not the case in a lot of industries where people are like, just kind of uh, for whatever reason, or I'm just kind of bought into to my original narrative, and I'm not I'm not afraid of the risk and the loss I might take uh, for for taking a different approach. But it is it is almost getting to be the point where it's impossible to. Uh, to ignore, particularly here in Atlanta, it is impossible to ignore um, the black smoker here in Atlanta and um, their influence on uh, on the on the industry as a whole. Uh, like Peter said, we talk to retailers, we talk to producers, and they're all asking questions like, "What do I do about about this this new uh, demographic that I've never considered before?" Um, and, and how do I, how do I address them? How do I, uh, cater to them? How do I, you know, kind of 
not just get sales, but solidify them as as loyal customers. And so uh, that has been fun for us to have that conversation with folks. Um, but I think at the root of it, though, for like Peter says, like one of the things is is the um, the authenticity and the uh, dedication to good cigars, right? And so, and to producing good cigars. And so, the more folks that do that. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm extremely proud of about us is while we're a black owned company, um, you can see the, the diversity in our in our founder base. Um, and that diversity plays a huge part in in the back end of our conversations and discussions. Um, it's 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 not just that we want to be a black owned company. We want to be a great cigar company. Right. Um, and so making sure that we keep that at the forefront of what we're doing uh, is 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 paramount and key, but also sharing that information with others, you know, um, breaking down those barriers, breaking down those stereotypes um, and introducing and, and letting people see that that black smokers, brown smokers, diverse smokers are real and true smokers and that we care about. We care about um, the product as well, that we're not just like, this isn't just for show. We're real smokers um, and care deeply about our product. And so being able to do that and to be able to show the world that um, and representing Atlanta in all of its breadth um, in the cigar community and saying, listen, the South has something to say as it relates to uh, what is smoked, how it's smoked. And to be honest, it's not all it's not all that different from what you already smoking. We produce cigars that are, are, are on the same par. We go to the same manufacturers. We go to the same folks and are saying, listen, we want to produce cigars that are this quality and better. Um, and, and so it's been a joy for us to be able to do that, um, to introduce new folks and to kind of break through those barriers and show something a little bit different. Um, I'm proud of what we've done in that regard. Um, yeah. And you can you can also see that in the events that we've put together. You know, we've you know we did a, a summer summer homestand at the uh, at at with the Omni over at the uh, at the Battery at the Brave Stadium. You know, you had all kinds of you know people there from all kinds of different demographics. Uh, we've done events with Monday Night Brewing, um, a local Atlanta-based beer company, and again, the demographic of people that are sh that are showing up at our events—they don't all look the same. Um, and and I think that's telling to to what we were just talking about. Yeah, and I think you know this video set up right here represents, like you said, the industry and. I think it's always been diverse. It's just for some reason it's been hard to, uh, you know, get that message across to people. So it seems like maybe after 2020 and the events of the last couple of years, all of a sudden it was just like, like you said, maybe there are more retailers now that want to know, you know, how to handle diversity. But to me, it's it's just, um, you know, the representation matters. You know, the more that they see you know, black owned cigar companies, which I know that there's a lot now, which is great. Um, they see the diversity in the media side of the industry. They see the diversity, you know, they go down to the factories, they see the diversity there. I think that changes the narrative. And it's just for some reason, 
that narrative hadn't been changed up until maybe a year or two ago. Yeah, it's um, incredible I, to me. It's incredible yeah. to me because, like, I mean, cigars are are a in terms of their production uh, is is extremely diverse. You know, um, it's it's not like you have the uh, you know the president of the United States smoking a cigar um, and he represents you know everything there is to, to to be about a cigar or everything there is to know about a cigar from from the seed all the way to the stick that he has in his hand um or she has in her hand it's an extremely diverse process um and and so to elevate the 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 um the the knowledge of folks and not even the knowledge because people know that but for whatever reason it, it kind of gets you know kind of swept under the rug that Everybody who touched your cigar is diverse. Everybody who had a hand in creating what you what you what you are enjoying in this moment, you are enjoying a a a product of the world, not just a product of your group or your your area, uh, your socioeconomic class. You are actually getting the breath of the human experience when you touch a cigar. And it doesn't matter whether it comes from ATL cigar. It's not like we we reached out and said, listen, we only want to work with uh black owned producers and black farms or whatever. That's ridiculous. We, we have worked with the best in the business and it happens to be that the best in the business are extremely diverse. And so for us, we take, we take great joy in that and want the rest of the, uh, the world and the rest of the industry to be like, okay, it's time to go ahead and put that thing to bed, put that thing to the side and let's enjoy what we do. And let's come around, let's come around that, that diversity and use that to continue to move forward as opposed to kind of stay in these silos that we normally find ourselves in. Let me, let me give somebody a, an idea of what to do when, when they ask, you know, what do I do about black smokers coming to my shop? Try saying, hi, my name is Peter. What's your name? I, I mean, it, it's about human connection and human relationship. And so the fact that you have guys coming in your shop, which are your demographic and someone else comes in who's not your demographic, treat them the same way. Try that. You know, it's a absolutely uh, it's incredible how simple it is and yet how hard it is. Yeah, I think retailers are, are sometimes worried that they're going to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. And so they opt to do and say nothing. Yeah. And then it makes the, the customer, you know, feel like they're not welcome, which Correct. I think most retailers, I've not met any retailers that are not welcoming. They just. I remember I was in the Dominican Republic a couple of years ago on a trip uh, and one of the retailers was like, we have lots of black smokers that come into the store. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and he was just like surprised. He's like, I don't know, like sometimes like how to handle it. Like what, what should I say to him? What should I do with it? But I was shocked. He's like, you know, like you should write a story about that. But I was like, I've always known that to be the case. It was like, yeah. I don't know how to, to, I don't know how to, to handle that. But I know that diversity, like I said, it's just that we all don't know what to say sometimes. And I think yeah. very worried about, especially in this culture that we're in now of saying the wrong things. But at the same time, you just have to start that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> stick, stick to the stick, man. Yeah. Stick to the stick. Like that's, that's why they are there. You know, start with their humanity. This is a human being standing in front of you. How would you acknowledge another human being? And then stick to the stick. Um, and you will find out that, you know, there's more commonality there than there is a division because they're there for the stick. We don't have to talk about anything else. Let's start there. Um, and you'll, you'll find that 
um, the black smoker is just a, a, you know, not to put it, you know, kind of, uh, you know, mildly, but this black smoker is just another smoker. Somebody looking for a quality cigar, just like you are. Um, so stick to the stick. You're kind of cir circling back to the idea of like women in the industry. I do remember um, me, when we were in Miami, you know, last year, we met with a potential manufacturer and I remember the three of us being in, in the store and noticing he was talking to Peter and Leroy. And like, I literally had to like physically sit forward and like get in his line of sight, even though I was already in his line of sight and like actively be like, Hey, I am an, I am a co-founder. I'm a decision maker. You need to look at me too when you're talking to us because my vote counts. What I say matters. And so, you know, I think for me personally, it is, you know, in certain circles and in certain circumstances, it is me having to push myself a little bit more and, and that's not necessarily my personality. And so, you know, kind of like what I talked about before where Leroy and Peter encouraged me to, you know, come outside of my comfort zone. And so I, I do remember that being, um, you know, something that kind of that, that I remember um, and, and having to remember, like, I, I do need to assert myself a little bit more in certain, in certain circumstances. I had a conversation yesterday with a, um, a woman who is probably the, the only owner of a female cigar lounge here in the Atlanta area. Uh, and we talked for about 30 minutes and a lot of our conversation had to do with the um, the pushback that she gets as an owner of a of an establishment, and she wanted to use an analogy to kind of talk about you know her experience, and she was saying that when she was in high school, she, her high school did not have a a a girls track team; they only had a boys track team. Uh, so they would train right alongside with the boys, and that um, one of the things that her coach told her was like, it's not about competing with the boys' time. It's about, you know, making the best time for yourself. And I told her, I said, that's a terrible analogy. I would never tell anybody that. I said, because there is nothing about you. There is nothing inherent in, in your value as a woman that prevents you from running just as fast, just as far, and just as strong in the boys in this industry. There is absolutely nothing. In fact, you have a couple of leg ups on us when it comes to running a lounge and being able to create and, and gather more clientele that maybe a, a, a male uh, who owns a lounge might not, he, there are things that he's gonna miss uh, because he doesn't have your, your perceptiveness. Um, and so, you know, with Janelle, like, you know, even though she's had a few challenges and have had, has had to assert herself in, in some situations, like I, I'm very proud that, you know, Janelle isn't necessarily just seen as a, a woman that's a part of ATL Cigar Company. She's seen as a, a full owner, a full partner, um, and has, you know, not just decision-making capacities, but, you know, to be honest, you know, none of our sticks would have hit market without Janelle. Um, and in my opinion, Janelle has probably the final say because Janelle has the best palate out of all of us. And so if the stick isn't what we've decided that we want the stick to be, and Janelle says we haven't made it yet, then we haven't made it yet and that stick's not going to hit market. So um, a large part of our success and us being where we are has to do with, with Janelle's ability to be an equal member of our team. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, 
kind of saying these things and, and, and sharing these things just kind of adds weight to the fact that like the old paradigm, the old guard, the old way of thinking, I mean, that's done. We're, we're, we're past that. Uh, cigars are in a new, in a new era, in a new phase, in a new, in a new time. And we just need to embrace that and kind of move forward. Anyone that's spent a lot of time with women smoking cigars knows that women do have, in general, more refined palate than men do. And that's just something that we should embrace and that we do embrace in our brand. And yeah, Janelle, Janelle said no to some good things, um, but she's made sure that everything we put out are great things. Now, as we kind of get towards the, the hour mark, I want to make sure that we do talk about the, the cigars because I know that they are the business. So I, I, you all sent me some of the different cigars that you have. So we have like the magic here. This is your your newest release. If you want to tell us about that. Yeah, so the magic is made at uh, Tabacalera Perchardo, Ace Prime, um, blended in partnership with Luciano Morellis. It has a San Andres wrapper, uh, Pueblo Nuevo binder, and filler is a, is a mix of Pueblo Nuevo, Esteli, and Jalapa. Pueblo Nuevo is a region near Condega on the other side of the mountain range where Pichardo has a... Uh, uh, a high concentration of farms, you know, owns a high concentration of farms in that area. So it's a, it's a different type of flavor. The Pueblo really kind of dominates that, that cigar. And I think it's going to give people something new they haven't tried before. Um, and so we're really proud of that one. And that one comes out on October 16th. For those who are in the Atlanta area, we're going to have that at Monday Night Brewing's West Midtown location on Traverd Ave, um, October 16th on, on a Saturday at six o'clock. So everybody's very welcome to come out and join us for that. Uh, and then we also have our Good Trouble, Libertad and ATL Black as well. Yeah, so tell us about the Good Trouble and especially the name. Yeah, the Good Trouble uh, comes from John Lewis, who was the uh, congressman representing Atlanta for 30 years until he passed. And, you know, he, he always talked about getting in good trouble. Um, and so for us, a cigar is good trouble. But the Good Trouble for him was also about uh, fighting for what's right. Um, and so it, it very much speaks to the heart of our brand and, and the purpose behind our brand. Um, that's produced at Tabaclera Hernandez and Esteli, uh, Ecuadorian Habano rapper, double binder from Indonesian Sumatra and Ometepe. And then the filler is a Pondega, Jalapa and Esteli. Six regions of leaf in that cigar, but it's a mild plus cigar. And what we love about it is that as a mild plus cigar, it still has quite a bit of flavor. Um, and so it was what we were looking for in our, in our milder offering. And how about the Libertad? Yeah, the Libertad is produced in Aganorsa. Uh, it's uh, Aganorsa Corojo wrapper. Uh, and, then, and then a mix of Criollo and Corojo. Uh, it's, it's Aganorsa Puro. It's a Nicaraguan Puro. Um, and it really has that that flavor profile resident of Aganorsa stick. So if you like HVC, Illusione, Warped, uh, JFR, the Libertad is going to be something in your in your in your wheelhouse. And you have one more cigar, don't you? Yeah, we have the ATL Black. So the ATL Black was blended by Jesus Martinez, who's actually in New York. Um, it's it's uh, it has a San Andreas wrapper, uh, a Lapa binder, and Grand Reserva filler from Esteli that's aged more than more than five years. Um, some ASP tobacco in that as well. Just to give it a you know a full body flavor without the bitterness that often characterizes full bodied cigars. So this still has a lot of smoothness to it, and so it has this combination of fuerte and suave that we wanted, strong and smooth, uh, to give a Maduro flavor that isn't just tar by the last third. Now, for those of you, for those who are not in Atlanta, they can buy from your website, right? Yes, our website is atlcigar.co. And uh, there's a link to our shop, so you can buy all three lines. And then the fourth one coming out, uh, The Magic, that'll be available October 16th. And we have a special for Deep Cuts uh, 
subscribers, Deep Cuts followers, you can use the code Deep Cuts 10 off. Deep Cuts 10 off uh, for 10% off your order. Yeah. And I think I'm flashing it up on the screen right now for those who want to okay. check that out. And thank you so much for offering that to the, our readers. So as we get ready to uh, close out this session, um, what's the kind of parting thought you want to leave us with, each of you? Well, think I'll about. Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, um, think about who you're smoking with. You know, think about your community. I think uh, our brand. You know, we've talked in, in length about it. Um, and so the idea of community and um, community with those you're smoking with, or your family, your friends, whether they're smokers or not, um, just kind of consider your community. My word uh, is is if you're outside of Atlanta, you should really plan a cigar trip to Atlanta. You will be blown away by what Atlanta has to offer in terms of stores, lounges, and, uh, and unique cigar products. So make a trip, come see us, and we'll be glad to host you. Yeah, my final thought is uh, slow down. Um, one of the things about cigars and, and the beauty that it provides is it provides an opportunity to kind of take a break from everything that's going on in your life and to slow down a little bit. Um, whether that's to focus on yourself and to figure out what's going on with, inside of you, um, or like Janelle said, um, to focus on those around you um, and to use it as an opportunity for deep connection, uh, whether personally, um, intimately with yourself or intimately with those around you. So, uh, you know, take, take a moment to slow down. And um, I think that our, our cigars provide that opportunity uh, where you, you won't get, get lost in everything that, that it is about our cigar. Um, but it provides you an opportunity and a space for respite and to, to take care of yourself. Well, awesome. Like I said, I want to thank you guys so much for coming on to the show again. <laughs> and I'm so glad that this format seemed to work for us and we didn't have any audio or visual issues like we did last time. Um, and uh, I'm really excited to hopefully see you all at some point out in the wild now that COVID is, is we're, well, I guess it's not going away, but we are learning to live with it uh, a little bit better than we were when we spoke a couple months ago. So yeah. hopefully in another couple months, we'll be in a completely different place again. So I uh, hope to see you all at a trade show in a couple months and yeah. out in a wild and uh, have a cigar with you all in person when I'm not trapped in this uh, apartment where I can't do any cigar smoking and such. So thank you all for, for coming on. Thank you so much for hosting us. Thank you. Well, thank you. And that is it. And uh, for those who are watching, uh, go to deepcutslive.com where we have news. We're going to have some news up soon about the ATL Magic. I know we were working on that story, getting it ready for uh, posting. So um, ATL Magic. And also you'll find the links to the YouTube channel where we have all the other different interviews that uh have happened under the deep cuts banner for like the last year. So um, thank you all so much and uh, see you all out in a while at some point. Take care. Thank you so much. Thank you.